Welcome back to Throne Hands. It's been a minute. We just haven't found the time to come together again. But the time is now, Toby. Um, what's your thoughts on this card? I, I, you and I were literally talking 20 seconds ago. This card sucks, I think. Yeah, it's not the greatest pay-per-view. It's a pretty weak pay-per-view. Probably one of the weakest of the whole year. I mean, I, you know, I guess that they're throwing a lot of these uh, city kickboxing guys on here because of the whole New Zealand-Australia connection. Although, is he... I don't think he's actually too popular in Australia, considering he beat Rob Whitaker twice, knocked him out the first time. And I mean, other, you know, Rob Whitaker's like a huge Australian guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are some low key bangers, I would say, like Chepe, Mariscal and Jack Jenkins is going to be a really fun fight. Yeah, um, I think like Tyson Pedro is probably going to have a banger. You know, I mean, there are some good fights on here, but yeah, it's not not a super strong pay-per-view card. Yeah. I I agree completely. Um, all right, I'll share my screen real quick. I mean, they've got this, you know, random guy fighting. Not random. Don't let me not disrespect Felipe Dos Santos, but you know, he's a shoot the box guy. He's just he's never fought in the UFC, and they've got him fighting uh, Manel Cop, who was supposed to fight Kai Car France, and that was a title eliminator. So they've got this guy. If he wins, he's like basically one fight away from title contention, and he's never fought in the UFC. Which is kind of yeah. interesting. Uh, it's interesting how the city kickboxing guys were getting on Drakus for not fighting with an injury, but yo, Kai Car France can't fight. I understand yeah. it's a concussion, but like, keep the message consistent, you people yeah. at city kickboxing. No, I agree. I think both ways. Just you know, if they're hurt, they're hurt. I mean, if you got a concussion, if you got a hurt hand, whatever it is, yeah. I mean, don't rush yourself into a fight. Don't. Ugh, Mike Diamond, one of the most overrated prospects ever ever they're bringing in a guy who's making his debut I, I don't even know who this guy is but i'm banking on the debut guy yes yeah, uh kind of interesting i i looked up a little bit about radke he trains with um out of mma masters so he's definitely got a pretty decent wrestling base i would imagine uh training with guys like colby covington and whatnot but i mean from watching him he doesn't seem like the most skilled guy i do think this is kind of a setup matchup for blood diamond even though yeah. if you look at the odds blood diamond's still like a huge underdog i think he's like a plus 250 plus 260 underdog on some some pages so i don't know it's gonna be a tough matchup i think i'm leaning towards blood diamond um radke gets hurt in a lot of his fights like pretty badly so i think he should be able to take him out on the feet but if it goes you know two rounds three rounds i'm definitely gonna favor radke in this one yeah they don't even have his name as blood diamond anymore he just got <laughs> downgraded to mike <laughs> even though his last name is Mathepa, which is kind of a that's like the it literally that's the only way you can pronounce it because it's spelled like with two t's right there so it's very hard to pronounce but yeah i get why he goes by diamond yeah i get it too nazrat hack press versus landon quinones um 
you know, I think Landon's who's Nazar was scheduled to find another guy. I can't remember who it was, but you know, they're bringing this guy from the content from the contender series. I believe I got Nazar. I think that, I mean, in the stacked lightweight division, Nazrat's still a pretty good fighter. So I'm going to take a hack press in this one. Yeah, I am too, for sure. I think Nazrat, um, he's had a tough run in the UFC. You know, he had some some ups and some downs. But if you look at his losses, you know, they're guys like Bobby Green. They're guys like Drew Dober. I mean, these are guys who are perennially right outside the top 15 in the lightweight division, which is a very, very good division. I think Nazrat has a lot of really solid skills. Um, he's got great boxing, good footwork. He's very fast, um, very yes. athletic for his size. He's big, and he's he's got wrestling. I mean, in his last fight with McDessie, I was watching that one back when McDessie was pressuring him uh, at the end of the third round because McDessie knew he needed a finish. Nazareth was shooting some beautiful blast doubles. So I think that, yeah, I mean, Lennon Quinones, you know, he's a decent prospect. Um, I'm pretty sure he lost uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, though. I think he got, or yeah, whatever. he did lose on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I think he was he got beat by um I'll look it up. It was like a triangle. I think it was uh oh man. He wasn't super talented. Jason Knight, maybe is his name, but you might be right. I'm looking that up right now. Um but yeah, I think yeah, this definitely seems like a fight that's kind of last minute. I do think Nazareth was supposed to fight somebody else because this isn't really a matchup that makes sense for him too much, considering where he's at in the division. But I I do think Nazareth gets it done. I'm not sure if we'll get a finish because he's not he was a finisher before he came to the UFC, but he's had a lot of decisions. So I'm not sure what's going to happen, but he, this could be a good fight for him to get a finish. Um, you know, that's what he should do most likely. I mean, he's like a minus 500 favorite. So yeah. he should, should probably finish this one. So Lennon Quinones lost in the first round of tough tonight. Yeah. So interesting replacement choice. I thought it's a bit weird. <laughs> kind uh, of no. a random matchup. Yeah. It's bizarre. Just yeah, just bizarre. I don't I don't get it. But anyway, uh, I got Nazrat, by the way. Yeah. Um Jamie Malarkey versus John MacDessie. I like Jamie Malarkey a lot. He's he's one of my favorite fighters. He, I think Volkanovsky put him sent him to another dimension when they fought, you know, umpteen years ago. But also he robbed Michael Johnson. That's all I'm gonna say. It was robbery, absolute robbery. It really wasn't, guys. For those who say it is, it wasn't. But this is a, this is this has certified banger all over it, man. Like you said, there's some low key bangers on this. This is one of them. I wouldn't. I won't. I I hope not to miss this fight. Yeah, I actually really like both these guys. I think they both had very fun runs in their UFC career. Both of them have fought pretty high level competition in the lightweight division. Uh, McDessie, you know, he's always been a guy to step up. Um, you know, go in there, go to war. I remember his fight with Cowboy a long time ago. I mean, that one, people say like he quit him, but he got his jaw broken by a head kick from Cowboy Cerrone. So you can't really fault him for that. But and he was unranked and Cowboy was like number three at that time when he came in. But just that that gives you an idea. I mean, this guy's been doing this for at least a decade. Like I love John McDessie. Um, he's been training with Fight Ready. I actually watched an interview. Um, I think the guy's name is like John Lynch, I believe. But he was interviewing him recently. McDessie was talking about going out to Arizona, training with Cejudo training with some other young prospects at fight ready. So I think, you know, he's a pretty big underdog in this fight, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than some people might anticipate. I mean, Jamie Malarkey, he got starched in his last fight by a, a UFC debut. And now Naimov is a good fighter, 
but he still got knocked out cold. And people will say like, oh, McDessie got dropped in his last fight too. Yeah, he got dropped by Nazareth, and it was kind of like he was off balance and it was a flash yeah. knockdown. He seemed perfectly fine like seconds after. So, you know, it's I don't know. I mean, yeah, McDessie's 38, but I think he's still got it. Um, I'm kind of leaning McDessie in this one. I know a lot of people seem to be, you know, really confident that Malarkey gets it done. But, I mean... I don't know. I think it's going to be a really close fight. I could see it either way. Close decision is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think I think it's going to be a fun one. I forgot about that Malarkey fight against Naimov. He got caught. I mean, Naimov's a featherweight too. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. I mean, Naimov's pretty good, but I, I got Malarkey. But if Macdessie finds a way to do it, kudos to him. He'll. I wouldn't be surprised. But Jack Jenkins versus uh Chepe Mariscal. Mariscal coming off um an absolute banger with trevor peak um the hammer fist warrior himself um <laughs> but jack jenkins is fun to watch man i like jack jenkins um yeah this has like you said this has absolute banger written all over it there's no way this is, isn't going to be a a slug amount one yeah i think this is probably my most anticipated fight on on the whole card i would say because even the main event, I'm just like, eh, you know, I think I already know what's going to happen in that one. But I mean, there it, there's some intrigue. But in this fight, yeah, I think these guys are very evenly matched. Um, Jack Jenkins, obviously, he's got the leg kicks. Like, we know that this dude will destroy your legs. I, I think he's literally broken a couple of people's legs uh, on the regional scene from in his fight. So we know he's got the leg kicks. He's got good hands, too. I mean, the guy's a pretty good boxer. Obviously, he's got decent grappling, too. But something to... Keep in mind about Chepe Mariscal. I think he mentioned this after he beat Trevor Peak. Is that he trains with Justin Gaethje all the time? I mean, that's his primary training partner, uh, and we know Justin Gaethje's got the light kicks. And obviously, it's different in training versus in real fight. But I think Chepe, I think Chepe's a very live underdog in this one. Um, everybody was saying that, oh man, Trevor Peak is such a dog. No way he can hang with him. And if you look at Chepe's past fights, I mean, the dude has been starched. Like he has been knocked out cold a couple of times. And it's kind of crazy that he's come back and he was able to take the punishment that he did from Trevor Peak and just kind of walk right through it and put punishment on Peak like that, who's a really tough guy. Um, I forgot who was saying this, but someone made an interesting point that Chepe could be kind of like Chris Curtis, where he has a up and down run outside of the UFC, gets knocked out badly a couple times, and then comes in and just beats some, you know, high level prospects. So I don't know. I think this is going to be a really fun fight either way. But I am leaning Chepe a little. I'm actually leaning towards a lot of underdogs on this card. But uh, yeah, I think Chepe is good enough to get it done. That that yeah, I, this is such a close fight for me because Chepe's just game for anything. And Jack Jenkins, he's damn good. He's a damn good fighter, man. I think Jack Jenkins will take it personally. But bro, if it goes either way, I'm not gonna be surprised. Let's just hope if Chepe loses, he doesn't have an attitude like Chris Curtis does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Guys, uh, just to say this, if you if you I I hate losing, I hate losing myself, but don't make don't make a ta tantrum out of it like Chris Curtis does. It's it's terrible. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I can't stand it, especially when you get outstruck by Jack Ermanson. Jack Ermanson. <laughs> Jack, did he even shoot a takedown in that fight? I don't think I he don't did. Think so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Carlos Olberg versus uh, Daun Jung. Uh, I think this is Jung's first fight since he got sent to a different dimension by Dustin Jacoby. Oh, no, he, he got beat by uh, Devin Clark. 
Which is a that. terrible loss. A terrible, terrible loss. Devin Clark. Devin Clark is not very good. And personally, I think Carlos Olberg is overhyped. There's nothing that I see from him that makes me go, oh, wow, this dude's different. Didn't he lose his first UFC fight? Uh, he lost to Kenny and Shekwu, yeah. right? Yeah, he did. Um, But there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing with Olberg that makes me like go, oh, whoa, this dude. We got to keep an eye on him. But there's nothing that makes me think uh, Dawoon Jung is going to be like, oh, this he's going to beat uh, Carlos Olberg. Because I don't think Jung is too, too great either. Obviously, they're greater than I can ever be at this sport. But I, I got I got Olberg in this one. I think he's just going to outpoint Jung. Yeah, this is interesting, man. I do agree. I think Olberg is definitely overhyped. I mean, I think he's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good, very good kickboxer. But we haven't really seen too much of him outside of the – uh, first round except for in the Inchupu fight when he got finished by Kennedy and it was pretty brutal the way he got knocked out and he was, was totally bad. totally gassed in that fight so you know what's interesting too is that uh Dawoon Jung actually TKO'd um, Inchupu with those elbows even it was, I think it was like through the guard and he knocked him out but then after that you know he's been on a bit of a downward spiral got knocked out badly by Dustin Jacoby got beat by Devin Clark, which is not a great look. I mean, I think he's tough. I think he's always game. If anybody thinks that Olberg's just going to steamroll this guy, I think that they're probably mistaken. But then again, I picked against Olberg in the Negamarianu fight. I thought Negamarianu was going to take him yeah. down, control him, beat him up. And Olberg knocked him out. So he's a very accurate puncher. Um, I do think, yeah, his skill set is a bit overrated. But he's just one. Of, he's one of those guys that figures out a way to find the knockout shot. So it's kind of hard to pick against him. Yeah, good point. All right, man card time. Woo. Tyson Pedro versus um, Anton Turkali. Turkali's solid. He's a solid fighter. Tyson Pedro's pretty solid too. Like like you said, they're just trying to get these city kickboxing guys in there. Um. I don't know what to think about this one. I don't think too highly of either of these guys. They, I, so I think someone's going to get knocked out. I just don't know who. Yeah, um, I think Pedro's another one of these guys who may be a bit overrated. I'm not sure what people think of him, really. But I think, you know, he had a couple of decent finishes in the UFC. But again, he's just like first-rounder bust, man. Like, true, truly first-rounder bust. Um, most of his wins come inside the first round. If it gets outside of that... He has terrible cardio issues. And you even look at his recent fights, the guys that he's beating, you know, Ike Villanueva, Harry Harry Hunsucker. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly the highest level of competition here. Uh, And losing to a completely washed Shogun, even though Shogun was a little bit less washed at that point, but still definitely late. Still a less washed OSP too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, Lear Latifi. Yeah. Although he did beat Paul Craig. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got decent wins, you know, clear round tree, but yeah, it's really just first round or bust for this guy. Tricali, you know, he's actually decent. I mean, he had some moments in his last <laughs> fight with uh, Vitor Petrino. Yeah. The pleasure, man. That's the best that. nickname. It's a ever. good nickname. That's a good hilarious. One. I mean, shout out Anton Tricali for that one. <laughs> like, dude, he's had a very tough run. Like his first two fights, Jalton Almeida as a light heavyweight is scary. I mean, that is you're fighting a monster, so can't really expect anything out of that. And then Petrino is a very, very powerful, good prospect. And Turkali looked pretty good in that one. Um, he got dropped, but I think he hit Petrino with a nice upkick and rocked him pretty bad. So, I mean, Turkali's legit, man. I think that 
I'm leaning towards Turkali in this one, but you know, Pedro is always live to get it done early. So who knows? But yeah, yeah I, I don't think either of these guys are really going to make it to like, a, you know, top 10 or anything. Yeah. It'll be a fun fight. I think, I think, it, and the odds are even. So if, yeah. if you're a betting man, this is not a bad one to bet, to bet on. Anyway, uh, We've reviewed, we've previewed this one before. Justin Toffer versus Austin Lane, man. Uh, yeah. Was this on the uh, Taporia card? It's some somewhere around there, yeah. Uh, let me let me see this. Yeah, that was on the Taporia card. Uh, so if you want to catch a preview, of that go to that one. But um, <laughs> nothing much has changed. Two big heavyweights still. Austin Lane, former NFL player. Uh, Taffa, big guy from New Zealand. He's like he's like uh Walmart Mark Hunt. Um yes. great value Mark Hunt. I think that's a pretty good way to describe him. A hundred percent. Um I don't I don't know who's gonna win this. Austin Lane's more athletic, but if Justin Toffa touches your chin, it's over. I mean, that's the same with all heavyweights, but especially with this guy. I got Toffa winning by knockout. He's 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 down under. But I, I that's just how I see it happening. Yeah, I mean, I think there's really not much more to say than that. I was gonna say the exact same thing, you know, Austin Lane probably quicker or more athletic, but Tafa can just touch you and put you to sleep. So I'd probably pick Tafa too. Like I said, nothing much has changed since the last fight. And I know people are, I saw some people saying like, man, Austin Lane was looking really good. That fight lasted 30 seconds, guys. Like let's calm down. <laughs> I mean, 30 seconds is not even like 20% of a round or 15% of a round. So let's calm no. down a little bit. I think Tafa will probably get it done. I, I think he'll find that shot. But yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he's not Mark Hunt. You know, a lot of people compare. He looks like Mark Hunt. He probably hits, you know, close to as hard as Mark Hunt. But Mark Hunt was actually a really, really good kickboxer. And Tafa, you know, had a decent kickboxing career, but nothing like Mark Hunt. I think people forget actually how talented and how technical Mark Hunt was. But Yeah, Mark Hunt was K1 champion, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this dude, yeah. he fought some of the best kickboxers in the world, and he beat some of the best kickboxers. And people look at his MMA record like, you know, what was it, 9 and 8 or whatever when he was in the UFC, but that's very misleading. He was a really, really solid fighter. Yeah, Mark Hunt's MMA record is 13 and 14. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's much but, better than that. Yeah, I mean, and his kickboxing record doesn't look great. It's 30 and 13, but the dude, you know, he won the K1 Grand Prix, like – that's huge. That's huge. That's, that's insane. Um, and then if you look at whom we should, we can honestly do a whole episode of Mark Hunt if we wanted to. Uh, yeah, I love Mark Hunt. But yeah, he, he beat Frank Mir, Derek Lewis, Roy Nelson, Stefan Struve, Czech Congo, Ben Rothwell. Uh, and the people whom he lost to, Fedor, Overeem. I mean, there's some of the best. Guys. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he beat Mirko Krokop by G split Probably just wrestled him, I would imagine. Yeah. So Justin Toffa is not Mark Hunt, but you know, he gives you That's that good. aura. It's gives powerful. you that aura. All right, I'm excited for this one, man. Uh, Manel Cop, yeah. I love Manel Cop versus a uh, Felipe Dos Santos. Uh, you know, I've seen some stuff on Dos Santos. Seems like a pretty solid fighter. I don't think I think this guy can actually compete with uh, Manel Cop. It's not like just some random bum they're bringing in like they almost always do. But that, the thing with flyweight is, you saw what Steve Ursek did to. Uh, Dvorak back in uh, June. So, you know, bringing in these guys is not necessarily not a risk because Ursek dominated that fight. But Ursek just got scheduled, I think. He, I think he's fighting Kai Kara France. But um, so Manel Kopp, man, 
former Ryzen champion. Uh, I think his first fight was Pantoja. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is lost. insane. He then had two he, really tough fights, yeah. And Mateus Nikolaou, and he's won everyone since, beating uh, the split decision god, uh, Zuma Gulov, and, you know, beat Dvorak, uh, Ode Osborne. And I feel bad for Manel Cop due to the fact that he gets scheduled every other month, it seems like, but everyone pulls out. Everyone pulls out. So I got Manel Cop by knockout in the second round. What do you have, man? Yeah, Cop has had a pretty unlucky streak of fights here and just a tough schedule in the UFC, which makes sense because, like you mentioned, he was a champ in Ryzen and a very highly touted prospect, and rightfully so. I mean, when this guy is on, he is one of the best flyweights in the world. You know, his knockout of Ode Osborne, incredible. He finished Zuma Gulov, who is notoriously hard to finish. But yeah, I mean, Felipe Dos Santos is a tough guy. He's from shoot to box so anybody that fights out of shoot to box is live for a finish. They are always going to be tough. They're going to be game. So you never know. I mean, I think that cop gets it done. I think he probably, I think it's relatively dominant, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dos Santos lands a few shots, maybe lands a takedown, you know, gives him a little bit of trouble, but I think cop will be able to work through it. I just think he's better everywhere. His level of competition way, way higher. I mean, that's a huge difference. Felipe Dos Santos, I don't know how many fights he has in his career. I don't think it's many, but he hasn't fought like the highest level guys. Manel Kopp has quite literally fought some of the top five guys in the flyweight division or right around that. So I think Kopp gets it done for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, he's from the area. Ty Tuivasa versus uh, Alexander Volkov. This is a really interesting stylistic matchup. Like, I, I, I find this one fascinating. Um, I don't know. This is because Ty to, I mean, he, he, this dude can end it with one shot with anyone. Um, but Volkov's just so big. And I, I honestly can see Volkov standing along the edge, just throwing out his jab, um, just piecing Ty to Ivasa up over the course of three rounds. Um, but at the same time, Ty Tuivasa has that equalizer in that right hand. Dude, this is tough. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, this is a tough one to choose. I mean, I'm leaning Volkov because, like you said, I think we saw how how much of a problem uh, Tuivasa had with Gon, a guy who's a very rangy striker. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Volkov is not Cyril Gon. His striking is not up to that level. But he has some of sim- you know similar techniques. He's got that front kick to the body, the push kick to pe- uh, keep Tuivasa away. You know, he's just a very long, tall guy. Um, I think he'll be able to employ similar techniques that Gon did, probably not to the same level. And I don't think he's as defensively sound. You know, he's not as evasive as Gon is. So there is that. Tuivas is super powerful, very athletic, actually. I mean, he's got like a flying knee knockout, good elbows. He's a very athletic guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tuivasa just knocks him out cold, lands one or two good shots, puts him away. But I think Volkov, he's got relatively good defense uh, for heavyweight, at least. You know, decent movement, very tall. I think that I'm just leaning towards Volkov. I think he's got better skills, but it's heavyweight. It's Tuivasa, and you never know. So, (laughs) yeah, you never know. All right. Main event time. Israel Adesanya versus uh, Deshaun Strickland. Um, Okay, Deshaun Strickland might be the best meme to come out of MMA Twitter in years. Not even close. Um, 
Sean Strickland, man. I don't know how this fight's going to go. I really don't. I expect Izzy to win. I expect him to dominate. But if Sean Strickland's just game, and he has really good cardio, and he's going to pressure, if he gets Izzy on the ground, what I'm just curious what will happen because no one, no one, Yoel Romero didn't even take him to the ground, which, you know, whatever. But if someone can hold him on the ground, I'm interested to see how it goes. And I know Sean Strickland has a black belt, and his wrestling is underrated. He out grappled Jack or Manson. Uh, probably because Jack or Manson wasn't expecting it. But, dude, I have no idea how this fight's going to go. I, I, I truly don't. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this fight, I, I'm, I'm interested just. Because this is such a such a uh, this is such a weird stylistic matchup. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I definitely think Izzy is probably going to dominate this fight. I, I think yeah. just if you look at Sean, you know he stands so straight up, right? And I think that Izzy, one of his best uh, techniques is the light kicks. So I think it's going to be hard for Sean to avoid those light kicks. I think Izzy's going to destroy his legs, probably destroy his body as well, because Sean does have such a high guard and he does focus on hand fighting and parrying shots so much. If Izzy was smart at least, and he's a very intelligent striker, I think that he'll pound the body, pound the legs. And then even uh, upstairs, I think that if Sean starts reaching again, which he will, because we see in every fight, he does this. He always reaches for jabs. He always reaches for straight punches. Izzy's just going to bring a hook around, bring a head kick, something up there that Sean isn't expecting. And yeah, Sean's tough. You know, he hasn't been finished many times, but the, you know, times that he has been finished, like in the Pereira fight, for example, it was a left hook and he got knocked out cold. And anybody who thinks that like, oh, Izzy doesn't have one punch knockout power. Like, I don't know how we're still having this discussion after Izzy starched Alex Pereira, who is, who's basically a heavy, I mean, this guy could, you know, he walks around at like 240, probably maybe not that big, but he's a huge guy. And Izzy knocked him out cold with two punches, basically. So, yeah, he's got knockout power. And he's very, very accurate. You know, I I think he's also got really good takedown defense, so I don't think the wrestling is going to be too much of an issue. If it goes to the ground, like if Strickland's able to get it to the ground, I think it'll be interesting. But we've seen Izzy, he has an active guard in some fights, and the Gastelum fight is a great example of that. He was throwing up triangles, throwing up guillotines. And, yeah, that was a much different fight. You know, Gaslam was hurt, Gaslam's shorter. But point being, Izzy is competent on the ground, um, much more than people give him credit for. And another thing, too, if anybody thinks that Strickland's just going to walk him down and break him, I mean, Izzy's a tough dude. Like, he has a chin. He is very tough. He's not going to back down from a fight. The only time we've really seen Izzy just dominated and controlled is in the Blahovich fight. And Blahovich is way, way bigger and has better yeah. wrestling than Sean Strickland. I'm not saying there's no chance for Sean Strickland. I think, you know, there's always a chance to win a fight. I just think that a lot of people dislike Izzy as a person. And so they're saying like, oh, Strickland's going to get it done this way and that way. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I'm not really seeing it. But, you know, I think, yeah, I think Izzy gets it done. I hope it's interesting. I hope it's a war. But I think Izzy will probably finish him in like the third or the fourth round. Yeah. I got Izzy in the second round, personally. I think he, I think he's going to kick to the body, set up a question mark kick, and it's just over. I, I see yeah. that happening. I just yeah. see it. All right. One more thing from this card. Shout out Laura Sanko, man. Um, she's the first woman to commentate on a UFC pay-per-view. Um, I wish it was just her and John Anik, personally. I don't want to hear yeah. DC. <laughs> but... Shout out to Laura Sanko. 
Yeah, no, uh, that's awesome for Laura Sanko. I think she's a really good commentator. You know, I like her commentary on Dana White's Contender Series. She knows what she's talking about. She's funny, interesting. And yeah, I mean, honestly, she's probably better than DC. And Bisbing has been trash lately, in my opinion. This he's dude only, has been... He's only good with Felder and Fitz. Yeah. Yeah, Bisbing has been awful. I don't know what's going on with yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was awful last week. He was terrible. Jeez. I mean, did you did you see how hear how many times you said Nami Yunus was a legend? Just yeah, I don't know. No, oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong, man. I mean, she is a legend, but we all know it. You know, she's a two time champion. You know, yeah, we know it. <laughs> um, I just want to touch on a couple of things from the Holloway and Zombie card. Uh, Chikadze, he looked pretty good. Um, I think I'm I'm just gonna say something on this. Uh, oh, he didn't finish. Who cares? He I thought he looked really good in the latter two rounds. But Rinya Nakamura, bro, this dude's going to be a problem. This dude's going yeah. to be a serious problem. His wrestling is amazing. And he's a, he, he's a, I haven't seen as many people like him that active on the ground with submissions and everything. He he always changes his position. I was I was impressed. This dude's legit. He's the real deal. He can talk, yeah, I, he can fight top 15 now. Yeah, I kept watching this fight and I was like, okay, he's going to get tired now. Okay, he's going to get tired now. This dude never got tired. He just kept wrestling, kept wrestling, kept throwing up submissions. Kept, and I mean, it was interesting. I've never really seen this before, actually, but he was going to that north south position and like all the time. I thought it was a good move. I thought it was I thought very he had the choke him. in the second yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did too. I mean, this guy is a dominant, dominant wrestler. God. And, you know, Fernie Garcia is tough. He's not like, an incredible fighter or anything, but he's a tough guy. That was a great performance by Nakamura. And I do think that he'll be uh, near the top 15 soon. He's very talented and he's stri his striking is good too. I mean, yeah, he, he can hang on the feet. He can't uh, Blanchfield versus Santos. Dude, I, I worry for someone like, I think Valentino could starch Blanchfield with yeah. straight shots. I really could. And, I know Shevchenko's getting older. We'll find out next week if she gets her belt back. Um, but yeah, I worry about Blanchfield going going up against someone who has like straight punches, like and can just crack with accuracy. That's the thing. I that's the thing I notice. I'm like, she's very, she's so good, she's so good. But like, if someone just sits on a punch, that's what I'm worried about for her. Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent I mean, Blanchfield is a dog, man. That's one thing we learned from this. I fight. love her. She is a dog. She's going to keep fighting. She's not going to get tired. You know, she's going to keep shooting shots, even if uh, the takedowns aren't working, which they weren't. I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but Tyler Santos defended like the vast majority of takedowns of that fight. But she just got tired and Blanchfield just had more in her. But yeah, her striking needs a lot of improvement. I'll just be honest. She does not have great head movement. She is not very evasive on the feet. Like she really needs to work on her striking and especially her striking defense because she could get cracked by someone like Valentina or even someone like Grasso or, you know, a couple of people in that division probably. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, uh, I mean, Ryan Spann could have gotten Anthony Smith out of there in the second round. Uh, worst uh, duology ever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how Ryan Spann didn't win this fight. I mean, that is so incredible to me that Anthony Smith was that hurt, just not even in there, basically, didn't look like. 
and then somehow pulls out the split decision, which is probably, it was the right decision. I mean, Ryan spent, I don't know what this dude was thinking. The third round, you've got a wounded fighter in there and he doesn't even put any volume out. He doesn't throw anything in the third round and just lets Anthony Smith come back and steal this fight. Yeah, look at this. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? 45 to 27 in strikes. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Anthony Smith looked terrible. He, yeah, looked he looked terrible. Bad. He looked bad. He looked real bad. And then if I remember if I remember correctly, after the fight, Ryan Spann was like, What? Like, how did I lose? Oh my god. Dude, because you lost the first and the third. It was pretty obvious. Like, I mean, I don't yeah. know, man. You know? Yeah, gosh. You got I outstruck I... like two to one in two of the rounds. Like, yeah, you probably lost. I used to be cool with Anthony Smith, but now he kind of grinds my gears. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. Oh, if Muay Thai stands Anthony Smith, bro, legendary fighter. Yeah. But all right, before we talk about the fight, was that the best walkout ever from the zombie? That it had to be the best walkout ever. It was pretty special. I, it was I love pretty that awesome. Song. It's a great song. As um as uh Vince McMahon said, he was special. Yes. It was, was nice great. to see. Uh, the reception was great, you know. He's a, he's got a huge fan base, one of the most beloved fighters in the UFC. So it's always great to see him in there. It's not great to see what happened in that fight. No. But... <laughs> no, so if you don't know, Zombie got knocked knocked out cold by Max Holloway in the third round. You know your chin's gone if you're getting knocked out cold by Max Holloway. Yes. Um, now Max Holloway did sit down on that right hand. I, I'm not going to take any way anything away from Max. He sat down on that thing. But dude, um, he shouldn't have. He's like you and I said. He shouldn't have been in there. No. Like yeah, I mean Max was actually sitting down on a lot of punches in that fight. Um, relative if you watch any of his other fights he almost never sits down on any punches and that one he was loading up i think he was going for that knockout not even you know i think he likes korean zombie i just think he wanted to make a statement win you know make a just have a good finish and he did i mean it was a great knockout he got cracked a couple times too i mean zombie to his credit was landing here and there you know the first round was actually kind of close i mean zombie landed some good shots he showed toughness but yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have it anymore, man. That chin, there was one shot. I think he got caught right behind the ear. And after that, I was like, oh, boy. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was like late in the second round. And then he came out in the third, just like guns blazing, reckless abandon, and he got starched. And that's starched. kind of what everyone expected. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Till last week, uh, we'll talk about the, the coma. Do you want to say something about Benoit Saint-Denis and Tiago Moises? I didn't see that fight, but you were you you texted me about oh, it. What yeah. do you want to say about that one? Man, that was a banger. Great fight. Everyone should go watch it. You know, but Benoit Saint-Denis, man, this guy, every fight that he's in is a war. He's always getting cracked. Even Moises is, you know, he's a decent striker, not incredible, but he was landing some huge counters on uh, St. Denis. But this dude is so tough. He's just one of those guys that can absorb damage and keep coming. If anybody remembers his debut against uh, Dos Santos, um, Zaleski Dos Santos, he got the absolute crap beat out of him. I mean, he was out on his feet against the cage, taking punch after punch. Blame that ref. Oh my god, that fight oh could have been stopped gosh. like a dozen times. But that was, bad. Me, that was so bad. Oh yeah, it was awful. But this guy, his striking is getting better, you know, slowly, incrementally, it's getting better. His defense needs a lot of work. I'll say that. I love Saint Denis. I love the fights that he puts on. His defense needs a lot of work, but he is a relentless wrestler. 
relentless striker. This guy can break almost anybody. I think he is a problem for lightweight division. He is super tough. He has a great chin. It was another fantastic fight. I mean, I just, I always look forward to Benoit St. Denis. He's just one of those guys, man. I think he's going to have a future in lightweight division because I think his defense will get better. And he's young too. I mean, he's only like 28, I think. So, yeah, man, you make a good point there. He is young. Um, Pat Berry, coach of the year. Coach of the year. I mean, he, he's just that guy, Toby. Um, <sighs> God, he is a horrible coach. He is terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I was being extraordinarily facetious <laughs> there. But you don't need your you don't need your finger. What are you talking about? She got a punch. <laughs> like, what are you what are you talking about? And Manon Fior, I thought Manon Fior pieced her up personally. Yeah, like that jab was on point the whole night. Um, and Rose Namunis is not a flyweight. No, she needs to go back down. Yeah. Because, or at least have um, Trevor Whitman in the corner the next time, because Pat Berry is not going to lead you to victory. Yeah, um, yeah, I watched this fight back. Honestly, I do think Rose did better than my first impression. I thought she, especially in that third round, which is really impressive, because her finger was mangled in like the first yeah. round. I mean, anybody who's seen pictures of that knows that her it's finger was it, it was destroyed. Yeah, so that first or that third round, sorry. You know, she she did pretty good, um, all things considered. I, it was a much closer fight than I remember, but I do think Manon Fior won because she landed bigger shots. She did more damage. If you look at Rosa's face, it was busted up. Fiora was bleeding a ton, but it was just because of a accidental clash of heads, so you can't really count that. But, yeah, Fiora was pretty good, man. She didn't really even use her trademark move, which is that uh, sidekick, that lead laid sidekick. But yeah. her, her one, two, one, two, three, she's got very simple punching combinations but it works very well the one thing that i've always noticed about manon and i've noticed it a couple of fights ago i noticed this is that whenever she throws the one two her lead hand goes flying off to the side like when she lands that two her right hand is just i don't know it, she does not bring it back to her chin not even close like if you watch her throw a one two her jab hand goes flying off to the side and anybody who can do a slip left hook counter can cause her some problems in my opinion now rose didn't pick up on that in this fight pat berry definitely didn't pick up on that in this fight because pat berry is atrocious but yeah i think rose you know she showed toughness um i thought she looked okay at flyweight you know i'm not sure what would be better for her flyweight or strawweight but i thought she you know she hung in there pretty well it was a relatively close fight yeah we'll, we'll find out i guess um yeah, we'll find out. She didn't go into the rankings, it appears. I mean, so. you could, you know, if you want to keep her at flyweight and give her like a tune up, just give her like Lauren Murphy or something, some garbage fighter. <laughs> yeah. I don't, with with the output that Dominus has, I don't think that would be conducive to Lauren Murphy's health. No, no, probably not. Um, shout out Lauren Murphy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tough as nails. Yeah, tough. Very tough. Very, very, very tough, but. Uh, yeah, that fight should have been stopped against Andrade multiple times. The her corner should have stopped the fight. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Um, all right, surreal gone. I mean, the dude landed 110 significant strikes in two rounds as a heavyweight. He pieced up Sergey Spivak. It was a it was a beating. Um, Spivak, I think shot one takedown. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't shoot.